0: We'd like to welcome everyone today. If you're a guest with us, we're so glad you're here. We welcome you. If you're watching us this morning on theantioch.com, we welcome you this morning inside our sanctuary. We pray that you're blessed by what you see, hear, and feel. It's also today a tremendous honor to have with us. uh, I, I say it this way, great friends of my wife and I, brother and sister Timothy Lee from Singapore are here with us. Some of you may not know this, but the Lord has linked this church and church in Singapore up in the spirit. In fact, We're Antioch of the West, and they call themselves Antioch of the East. Am I right on that? So, We've got the world bookended from each end, so praise God. Amen. I encourage you also, for those of you that are able to, I encourage you to come tonight, 6 p.m. Bishop Wright will be speaking. And so I know a lot of times we don't get to hear him as much. Uh, for various reasons, and uh, it's it's always awesome to have an opportunity to hear our bishop speak. And so, I encourage you to come. And if you can't be here, I'd encourage you to watch or listen to it online. Praise God. Second Chronicles chapter seven and verse number fourteen. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse number fourteen. It's, this is a very very familiar passage of scripture. In fact, if you go to any bookstore, Christian bookstore. You're, you're likely to find this passage of Scripture written on some picture or put on some kind of plaque or something for you to put in your home. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, will hear their land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears a unto under the prayer that is made in this place. Praise God. You may be seated. Not to bore you for this moment, but most of you know, if you know anything about me, you know that I am a student of history. I like history. I know for some of you, history is not really something that you're into. It's more boring than it is anything. But I find history to be fascinating from many different angles. Number one, you realize by studying history that the what we're facing today is nothing new. I enjoy studying all aspects of history, but I've particularly spent some time studying Roman and Greek history, especially the time that surrounds the Bible and the things that took place in the word of God. And if you ever have any time to, to just do a brief cultural study of Rome and Greece, you will understand that what we face today in America actually is pretty tame in some ways to what they faced then. I'm not here today to say that America or any other country is not in not need of a great move of God. We are facing things now, especially compared to 100 years ago or even 50 years ago or 30 years ago, we're facing great, great things. The immorality in this country is going down. There are things that are becoming accepted on a regular basis that used to be totally uh, unheard of, unthought of, and only something that would be discussed inside a home. And never thought it would be something that would be promoted as okay. But if you go back in Scripture, you find that if you look at the, the, the city of Corinth, that's where we get the book of Corinthians. Paul, the apostle, writes several letters to the church in Corinth. If you look at Corinth, it was a city that was out of control. It was a city that was filled with perversion. It was a city that was filled with lust. It would not be unusual if you were a citizen to walk into a home of a Roman. And when you walked into the foyer or the atrium area, it would not be uncommon for you to be greeted by pornographic pictures painted on the wall. That's just the way it was. And so, I understand and I am too concerned about the fact of where America is but but this this we're not we're not without hope okay But I'm here today to give you a history lesson that's not what I'm saying but there's one part of history that all of us if I, when I say the name all of you are going to know at least the name if not the story and that's the Titanic We all have heard the story of the Titanic and and all the things that took place at the time It was the greatest ocean liner ever made. And we understand that it was said to be the unsinkable ship. In fact, one person made the statement so bold that said even God himself could not sink this ship. But on April 1912, a man by the name of Francis Brown, he was a Jesuit priest, got a present from his uncle, received it from his uncle, and... When he opened it up, it was a ticket. It was a ticket for him to go on the first ever journey of the Titanic. So he traveled from London, from, from Liverpool to London, and he originally arrived in the port of Southampton, England, and he boarded the ship called the Great Titanic. The Titanic left England and sailed to France. And eventually stopped in Queenstown, Ireland. During that few-day journey, Francis Brown was given a camera, or had a camera. He, was a, he, he had a, an affinity for photography. And he walked around the ship and took pictures of all the wonderful things that the ship had to offer and the gymnasiums and the beautiful places to eat and, and, and all, the, all the decks you could walk on and all kinds of wonderful things. In fact, he, he has the only, the, the last known images of, of, of the captain and other people on the ship. And he spent those several days on the Titanic as it journeyed from England, stopped in France, and then ended up in Queenstown, Ireland. And several years ago, I had the the great opportunity to stand there in the port in Ireland and to see where Titanic finally had, had docked its final time. and It dropped some mail off and had some passengers that were getting off the ship and a few that were getting on before it made its journey from Ireland across the sea to America. During the few day journey, though, while Francis Brown was on the Titanic, he befriended a or was befriended by um, an American couple. They were they were multi, multi-millionaires. And back in 1912, that that the, the word millionaire meant a lot more than it means now. And they had plenty of money and on the trip, they got to know each other and talk about things going on. And they asked Francis, they said, where are you going? He says, well, I'm, I'm supposed to go to Ireland and I, I've got to go to Dublin and that's where I'm going to be. I'm being moved to. And Yeah, that's great. Well, they said at the end, they said, why don't you come with us? In fact, we'll pay your ticket. We'll give you a first class ticket. And you can come with us. And you can sail on this beautiful ship. From Ireland to America. Why wouldn't you want to stay on this ship? I mean, it's got everything. It's got the best of the best. It's got the most amazing uh, amenities of the day. I mean, you'd want to stay on this ship. This, This is the place you want to be. And why don't you stay with that? And he said, man, this is a great idea. I love this idea. I mean, free voyage, free food. Why wouldn't I want to do this? And so when the Titanic docked in Ireland, he went to the telegraph office that was aboard ship and said, I need you to send a telegraph. I need you to send it to my superiors, the Jesuit priesthood, and I'm not to all how, they, how, their, how their hierarchy is, but he had to send to his superiors. And he asked them this question. Can I stay on this ship? I'd like to stay on this ship. I'd like to continue my journey on this ship. He waited for a reply. And this reply came, simply stated, get off that ship. Francis Brown embarked upon a lifeboat that took him to shore. When he got to shore, he turned around on shore and took one last picture of the Titanic. That picture was the last picture ever known. Of the Titanic. I want to preach to you for a few moments on this subject. Get off that ship. You see for many of us today. We're like Francis Brown. We, we don't really see the harm in going the path we're going. We don't really see the, the problem in continuing in the journey that we're continuing on it seems like even opportunities and doors are opening before us why wouldn't we want to continue doing this why wouldn't we want to continue going down this path why wouldn't we want to continue in this lifestyle seems like things are going well seems like things are going together and i've got things and i, I have things the way i want them and i've got good things and this and why wouldn't i want to continue on this path why wouldn't i want to continue on this journey i can can see the beauty of america i can see the, the wonder of america if i just stay on this ship my ways paid and they're going to feed me and they're going to clothe me and they're going to give me room and board they're going to give me everything i need and i'm going to go over there and i'm going to experience this wonderful side of america what's wrong with going the way i'm going What's wrong with continuing on the path that I'm continuing? What's wrong with where I'm at? What's wrong with me, preacher? You're telling me today that there's things in my life that, look, I'm looking around. I don't really see anything going on with my life. Things look pretty good. I'm a pretty good person. I do pretty good things. I I try to do this and I try to do that. My life's pretty good. I mean, really, I mean, my life's not going to sink. My life can't sink. I mean, I've got I've got everything under control. I, I've got the best of the best and what I need. My life can't really sink. But I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost today, Get off that ship. I know in your spirit, I know in your eyes, I know what you think. Right now it doesn't look like there's anything. But I'm telling you, on the journey from here to there, it may not happen on day one. It may not happen on day two. It may not happen on day three. But somewhere in this journey, that you're traveling there is danger that's headed on the way and you're going to head straight into something that you're not realizing you can see right now in fact you won't even see it until it hits you I'm telling somebody in my spirit today get off that ship Get off that ship. Get off that ship. I'm praying to somebody. I'm begging with somebody. I'm pleading with somebody. Not me, Joe Wright, the man. But I feel today a burden on the hoof of the Holy Ghost today. I, I, I was reading the other day, and every once in a while I just like to read certain things and get in. And I, I never really heard this part of the story. And when I was reading through it and I saw those words, it just hit me in my chest. Get off that ship. Get off that ship. You want to know what I think, Francis Brown? thought when he read that why why what do you mean get off the ship why 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 should I get off the ship why 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 should I get off the ship why why what do you mean what's wrong with this ship What's wrong with the way that I'm going? What's wrong with the, with the, with what this is all about? There's nothing wrong with this ship. In fact, they've told me it's the safest ship in the world. Why should I get off this ship? I mean, what's wrong with me sailing to America, spending a few weeks there and coming back? I'm only going to be gone an extra six weeks. What's wrong with that? Why? Why? Why get off this ship? Why? book of Malachi. Malachi was a prophet of God sent to Israel. We find several times in the book of Malachi where he is required of God to send a message to the Israelites. And every time he sent his message, it was returned with almost a mock innocence. In fact, three times and Malachi, he goes to the Israelites, telling them of things that are going on in their lives. And every time he's met with the words, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with what we're doing? Nothing's wrong with what we're doing. Not nothing. In fact, one of the things that they were doing was they, they, were, they were bringing sacrifices to God back in that time In in Old Testament times, you were required to bring a sacrifice, tithe and offering a sacrifice. And the Bible required that you bring the best. Bring bring the strongest animal. Don't, don't Don't bring the one at the bottom. Don't bring the one you want to get rid of. Pick out the best. Pick out the one that's going to make you the most money. Pick out the one that's going to make you the richest. Pick out the one that's going to provide the most for your family. That's the one I want. Well, the Israelites had gotten to a pattern where they were still bringing their sacrifice to the temple. They were still following what God was requiring them to do. But now, you know, God really doesn't need the best. I mean, come on. If I'm bringing my best and he's bringing his best and she's bringing... I mean, we're all... We're, we're all this is stupid. We're all killing our best. Listen, what does it matter if, if I bring... This lamb, I know it's got a, a bum leg and it's missing an eye and and the ear's not there and and and, and 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 the the wool's a little shabby. But I mean, they're gonna burn it up anyways. Those priests, those crazy priests, all they're gonna do is slit its throat and burn it. I mean, you won't even know after about ten minutes what it looked like. So they started bringing this. they did bring the the bottom wrong, but but really, you know. It was okay because we're still doing what God wants us to do, right? We're still obeying God. We're, we're still following the statutes that are... We're still following the rules and doing what, what's supposed to do. We're, we're doing all that, but, but why would God care that, that you know, okay, so, so, so he's got a bum leg. What does it matter? He, he still walks and things like that, but, you know, God, I, I really could use this guy. I'm not going to be able to do anything with this sheep. I'm going to have to baby him, and more than likely, he's going to die because he's not going to be able to do anything because he's crippled. But, but, but the, this guy, I mean, he's, look at him. He's, he won the blue ribbon at the county fair. I mean, this guy is strong. He, he's got the best. I mean, his wool can make coats for me and my family for years, and, and I don't want to get rid of him. I want. Why would I want to get rid of that? Come on, God. You, you know, it's cool, right? We've got an understanding. Look, this guy, I mean... All you're going to do is burn them up. Malachi came to them and said, you're doing wrong. You know what their response to us? Why? Aren't we still here? Come on, preacher. I mean, give us a break today. aren't we? We're here at church on a Sunday morning. What about the others that aren't here? You are here. You are here. Yes, you are. And because you're here, there's hope. And because you're here, there's hope that somehow today, by the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, something can get a hold of your heart today, that the path that you're heading down, the way that you're going, something can arrest you in the power of the Holy Ghost before it's too late. I know in your heart, and your mind, I can feel it right now. I knew, I knew the day when the Lord gave me this. I knew the resistance that I was going to be up against. We're not battling the devil today. We're battling you and me are going to have a struggle today. Because I can hear it in my spirit. What's wrong? What? What? Not me. I said this last night in prayer. Too many times we blame the devil. Too many times we want to say, well, I'm just being battled. You know why we say that? Because if I can blame the devil, I don't have to change. If I can say it's the devil that's attacking me, I'm off the hook. Because you know, God, you know, if you really, my life's a mess. But you know, it's the devil that's causing it. No, 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 no. Somewhere along the line, you started bringing some crippled offerings to the house of God. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about finances. Get that out of your mind. I'm talking about you today. You stopped giving God your best, and now you're saying, God, but I come on Sundays. But God, you know, I'm still a good person. But God, I open the door for the little old ladies. But God, I still say hallelujah every once in a while. But God, I still remember the word. I I, I can still give you. I know Genesis is the beginning. Revelation is the end. Sometimes all the other stuff gets a little squirrely, but at least give me credit for that. But God's saying... You're not getting it. You're not getting it. I'm not asking for what you got. I'm asking for what you used to give me. You used to give me this, but why have you settled for that? You were born in the fire, but why are you living in the smoke? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I know we had a great worship service and the Lord was moving and I knew in my spirit I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you might as well, I guess you're trying to make everyone feel good because you know what's about to happen. But I'm telling someone today in my spirit, I don't know what else to tell you but get off that ship. Get off that ship! If you look at the verse we just read today, 2 Chronicles, to give you a little background of the story Solomon had just built a an amazingly beautiful temple to God. I mean, if you go through and, and read what they went through, the amount of stuff that they did to, to create... I mean, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't some uh, uh, shabby place. They went, they spared no expense. They went to the highest of highs and, and the farthest of far's to bring all kinds of amazing things to build this temple. And when it was finally done... They had a a time of sacrificing. Verse 1 of chapter 7 says, Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice. And the glory of the Lord filled the house. Everybody say filled. God forbid if we ever become a place that it's just coming together and going through the motions and we have a few over here and maybe a few over there and maybe a few back there that really want something but for the rest of us we're here just to go through the motions and when we go through the motions that this house is not filled with the glory of God God forbid if everyone ever walks in that back door or walks in that side door and goes well this just seems like everybody else I've been this just seems like every other church I've been to this seems like every other place they make a few noise they say a few things but I really don't feel feel anything. I'm not here to compare and put down anybody else, but I'm trying to say we've got to be a place that the presence of God fills from the front to the back, from the left to the right. Not just the place where people come to fulfill a religious obligation, but when people come in that are hurting, they feel love and say, this is a place where I can be healed. People that walk in bound know that there is freedom in this place, because wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That people that walk in that are blind spiritually can say, once was blind, but now I see I once was lost, but now I'm found. In fact, my prayer is not just in this building. My prayer that it spills down the steps, out into the parking lot, all the way under Ritchie Highway. That when people drive by, they may not get it. They may not understand it. It may just look like another building to them. But there's something that's taking place on this property that's saying, I don't understand it. I don't see it. But I feel something in me. Something in me that's being pulled. Something in me being tugged. Something in me. I know it's not about a church building. I know we're not supposed to be in a church building. We are the church. I get all that. I'm not arguing that. But this is the place where we come. That we've set aside to say this shall be a house of prayer. Said the glory of the Lord filled this house. Verse 2. And the priests could not enter into the house. Because the Lord, glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshipped. praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. You see, when you get in the presence of God, it changes your perspective. When you get in the presence of God, you see who God is. When you get into where the glory is filling the house, all of a sudden you realize God is good. God is good. God is good. God is good. But can I go a little farther? I'm not trying to mince words here, but can I go a little farther than this? God's not good. God is great. God is great. God's not simply good, but God is great. The man, that rich man that came to Jesus said, I know you're a good master. He understood that God was good. When he came to Jesus in the the New Testament, in the Gospels, he said, I know that you're a good master. And, And Jesus went on and began to say, you know, sell everything, I'm not getting all that. But his idea of God was, he's a good God. He's good. Yeah, he's good. But God's not just simply good today, folks. God is great. You say, well, preacher, that's just a funny way of saying it. No, 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 no. Your perspective may be he's a good God, but my perspective is that he's a great God. Hey, hey, a Ford is a good car. A Honda is a good car. A Chevy is a good car. I don't, I'm not going my drive them, okay? So I'm not knocking. Those are good cars. But a Bentley is a great car. A Ferrari is a great car. A Lamborghini is a great car. God is not just a good God. He's not just something reliable that gets you from point A to point B. But He is a great God. When I think of the greatness of Jesus and all that He's done for me. I don't want to just serve a good God, but I want to serve a great God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Skipping down, after all this great stuff had happened, skipping down to verse ten, he said, "In the three and twentieth day of the seventh month, he sent the people away in their tents, glad and merry in heart, for the goodness that the Lord had shown unto David and to Solomon." And there's the people went away happy. Skip to verse twelve, and the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, "I have heard thy prayer, and I've chosen this place to myself." For house of sacrifice. And then God just kind of paused. I, I, there's, no, there's no pause written in the scripture. But I could almost just hear God just stop for a moment. Before he enters in to the next part. In his reply to Solomon. He says this. If I shut up heaven. That there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or I send... Pestilence among my people. He didn't say, if I shut up heaven and let the devil stop the rain. If I tell the devil, no, no, no. He said, I, if I. Let me give you a revelation today you're not going to like. Are you ready? Get the tomatoes out and get ready to throw them because you're not going to like this statement. You ready? You're not fighting the devil. You're fighting God. There are some of you in today. You are fighting God because He said, "I." Anybody here? It just seems like things aren't falling in your life like they used to. You don't feel the rain of the Spirit falling on you. You need to check and see if God has put you in a concrete box. Because He said, "If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain." If I command the locusts to come and devour the land. You know what that cabin with the locusts? You'd work for the mott, You'd toil. You would dig. You'd spend hours out there preparing the land. Blood, sweat, tears. Getting up at the crack of dawn. Going to bed when the sun went down. Only repeat this day after day. Preparing. I mean working. Hard. Putting seed into the ground. Getting the rain to come. All of a sudden now, you've got a great harvest. Man, look at this. Look what's all happening. This is going to be great. I can't wait to reap this. All of a sudden, wham, locusts come in and everything you'd work for is taken away. There are people in here today, it just seems like you can't get above it. The harder you work, it seems like things just get stripped of you. You get get a call, you're about to get a raise, you get there the next day and you're fired. You you feel like the next day you're about to get this and all of a sudden it turns into that. And you're thinking, I can't catch a break. I I just seem like I can't catch a break. If I sin locusts, if I... If I send pestilence among my people. So these are the things that God said, here's what I'm going to do. He said, here's what you can do. If my people, which are called by my name, should humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, heal their land, heal their marriage, heal their finances. Heal their home, heal their heart, heal their mind. It doesn't say that, but I'm putting that in there. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend the prayer that is made before this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And as for thee, if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked and do according to all that I've commanded thee, shall observe my statute, my judgment, then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom according as I have covenanted with David thy father, saying there shall not fail thee a man to be ruler in Israel. But if you turn away and forsake my statute, my commandments, which I have set before you, shall go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I pluck up By the roots out of my land which I have given them. And this house which I have sanctified for my name. Will I cast out of my sight. And I will make it to be a proverb and a byword among all nations. And this house which is high. Shall be an astonishment to everyone that passeth by it. So that they shall say. Why hath the Lord done this? Unto this land and unto this house. And it shall be answered. Because they forsook the Lord. Of their fathers. Which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. And laid hold on other gods. And worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon me. If I gave you today. Something of great value. If I gave you something that cost me everything today, and you and I had become friends, and you had told me, I want to, I you and I are, we're linked up. We're, we're, we're together. We're, we, we're just, we have a connection. And I say, you know what? I'm going to give you this, because I'm going to trust you this. It cost me everything. And my blood stain is still on it, and my tear drops are still soaked into it. And I say, here, I'm going to give you this. It cost me everything. You take that. You make it yours. But if you take that from me, and then I find later that now you've thrown it on the ground. Now, you used to put it up on the, on, on the shelf at your house. Everyone could see it. This is what was given to me. This is what my friend gave to me. It was at the prominent place of your house. Everyone that came in your house saw it on display. But now... It's in the closet somewhere it's 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 on the floor it's over collecting dust It's, it's no good yeah you still have it but now just something else in the house to collect dust how do you think that would make me feel how would you feel if the tables were turned and you gave me something of great value maybe an heirloom of your family Maybe something that was passed down from generation to generation that was priceless, that cannot be replaced. Maybe it was the the ring of a grandmother. Maybe it was a a, a prized va- vase or something like that that was handed down. And, and you said, "Listen, I, you, you, I love you so much. You're such a great friend. I'm gonna give this to you." And I said, "Great. This is awesome. Thanks a lot." And I take it, man. And the first for a for for a year or two, man, I you see me with the ring on and I'm I'm I got the blinging and on and I'm worshiping the Lord with the with with the shiny on. And every time, I mean, every time you don't have to tell me to wave my hand i'm raising my hand you can always tell who gets newly engaged they're the best worshipers in the church because i mean they just got it they're left-handed worshipers hallelujah And I was like that, man. The first while I came, boy. Everybody, have you seen what I got? Look what I got. Look what they, they gave this to me. I didn't even ask. Look what they gave I mean, this, this is amazing. I can't even tell you. In fact, they told me it was priceless. There's one of a kind. You can't find another one. I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Look at this. I mean, you're, you're proud. because I mean, look, you knew the joy it brought, it brought to me and brought you joy. And this is great. And boy, for a while. Now, I come and now you see something else and. Where's the ring? Oh, I still have it. Really? Where is it? Um, uh, I think I put it. Oh, where did I put that? I put it. Um, uh, I I it's at home somewhere. It's a, really. Well, you think you 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 don't wear it anymore? Yeah, I wear it all the time. Well, how come I never see you wearing it? Well, you know, it's just you know. It it it. it, it. How would that make you feel? wouldn't that make you begin to question things? Wouldn't that make you begin to look at things a little different? Wouldn't that? But wait a minute, you know, I, I still like the ring. I mean, it wouldn't matter anymore what I said. I've said this several times lately. Maybe you've heard me say it, but I walked up to Brother Tony here on the front row, and I said, man, I love you, and just went smack It would hurt. But wait a minute. I just said I loved him. Don't my words mean nothing? What are you going to believe? You're not going to believe one thing I said. You're only going to listen to what I did. And God gave us the greatest gift could ever be be given. He gave us peace, joy, life, the penalty of sin removed from our life. And a lot of times when we first get that, man, it's an incredible gift. Man, what an incredible gift. We want to show it off to the world. Look what's been done. But now that gift somewhere packed in a closet somewhere it's in one of the tupperware bins in the, in, the, in the in the in the garage it's just a part of every everything we've collected along our way and now we've taken something that cost him everything and now we just put it on the junk pile alive because we've got other things we've got to do we're on the titanic isn't this amazing this journey is awesome why do you want to mess with me, preacher? My life is so good right now. I've got what I want. I'm doing what I want to do. This is great. This is awesome. Don't mess with me. But I'm telling you, in the spirit, you can't see it. But I can see out in the distance. And there's some obstacles that are out in your distance that you can't avoid. And if you don't get off that ship, I'm not pleading for somebody in the Holy Ghost. Some of you just look at me like, like I've just fallen off the moon. God have mercy today on somebody's soul. Because I can't tell you how many times you're going to hear someone tell you this and you're going to keep ignoring it because I'm on the unsinkable ship. It's the Titanic. You can't sink me. Even God himself can't mess with what's going on in my life. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, get off that ship. 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 I know some of you today, you're making a million excuses of why, why, why shouldn't I? You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know all the stuff that's happening. You don't know everything that's happening. You don't know all the junk of my life. You don't know what I've been through. No, I don't know what you've been through. The only thing I can tell you is from personal experience, the last three years of my life and my wife's life have been literal hell. We have been through everything possible we could go through. But you know what? Bottom line, when it came down to it, we had to look ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what? If nothing else changes, we've got to change because we are heading down a path. We cannot head down. You know what problem is? Some of us I'm not going to be much longer, but some of us have gotten to the the kick-the-can mentality. We just kick our problems down the road another day, kick it down the problem another day. And all we do, we've come so consumed in our problems. We don't see anything else. We don't acknowledge anything else. We've become victims of our own today. Kick it down the ho. Kick it down the all we want to talk about is have you seen my can today? Have you dealt with my can today? Have you seen my can? Look at my can. Look at my can. Look at my can. And the problem is when you do that, the Bible says, where there is no vision, people perish. And when you don't look forward and only look for today, you are dooming yourself. And there are people in here today. They used to have vision. They used to have dreams. You know what? I felt, I was, I was tossing and turning, and now I know why the Lord has given me this. You know what? I've, I was feeling earlier this week something different, but I realized they're actually the same thing. I'm telling somebody today don't bury your dreams. Don't bury your dreams. If Ezekiel would have gone out into the desert, the Lord took Ezekiel out of the desert, and he said, What do you see, Ezekiel? He said, I just see a bunch of dry, dead bones. Just dead bones, just dry bones. You know what you should do with dry bones? Bury them because they're dead. They've got no life left in them. They're just remnants of what used to be or what could have been. Or the maybe or the shoulders, the wouldas, the couldas of life. They're just dry bones. And you're dry because they're not just been sitting there for a few days. They've been sitting there for a while. The natural reaction is, let's bury these things. They're no good here anymore. In fact, I don't want to look at them anymore. They're just cluttering up the landscape. Let's bury these bones. But God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Can these bones live again? can these bones live again? And I'm afraid some of us have buried some dreams. We've buried some vision because we felt like, well, I don't know if it ever live again. It's the the couldas and the shouldas and the wouldas. If this would have happened and that would have happened, it may have turned out differently. But I'm telling you today, don't bury your dreams. Don't bury those dreams. Don't bury their, their still life because as long as there's a God on the throne who's got the breath of life, he can breathe on any dead situation. He He can breathe on every dead life. He can breathe on any dead dream and a dead vision and bring life where there is no life. Trish, if you'd come. 2 Kings chapter 6. We find Israel was being attacked by the Syrian army and Elisha had a servant the prophet of God had a servant he came back to the servant he said to the servant listen go down and see what all this is about go go, go do a reconnaissance mission see what you see servant went down Syrian camp came back and he was just absolutely mortified he said you don't understand There's just, they got everything. And they got tanks, they got planes, they got armor. And you and me, we got a BB gun. That's all we've got. You're not getting it. Look at all they got. You know what the man of God did? Didn't panic. Didn't berate him. Didn't say, what's wrong with you? Where's your faith? What's wrong with you, man? Can't you see what all God's done? He, He didn't do any of that. The Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine when that boy came back, and he was, he was obviously shook up from all he see. He's back to Eliza, heart's pounding, because he knew, we're dead, we're done. I mean, they're coming, and they know you are the prophet, and they're going to destroy you, and because I'm your servant, I'm next. This is not good. We should just, let's just get out while we can. Elisha didn't do anything. I could see this, though. Elisha just took his hand. Don't worry about it. Come here. Walked over, said, sit down for a second. Lord, open his eyes that he can see. Servant got up from that little prayer meeting, walked back out, opened his eyes, and said, My God, because the skies were filled with the army of God and he came back and said there's more with us than with them you see repentance and prayer changes our perspective like that psalms 121 says lift up your head look under the hills, from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord. You know what? You know why some of you can't see beyond where you are? Because your attitude, your condition of your heart has caused you to become blind. But I'm telling you, today, if you would say, God, change me, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me, God would come down with his anointing. Cover your eyes with his spirit and say, let there be sight again. And when you open your eyes, you'd realize, wait a minute, God, I don't know why I'm even upset. Look at all the stuff that's here. You can't see that now because you're blind and you're blind because you've allowed your life to become blind. But I'm telling you today, get off that ship. Francis Brown turned around, took that famous photo of the Titanic. He went on his way, probably still griping and complaining. Mumbling went to Dublin Went, started doing some stuff that he was that he had to do got news a Few days later that this ship Called the Titanic had sunk And when he heard that words, he realized what he had And he realized that in his camera still Packed away was the last photo ever taken of that ship. But you know what, here today, you know what saved Francis Brown's life? What saved his life was he heard a voice and got submitted to that voice. His submission to a voice that wasn't his own saved his life. It's not me, folks, standing up here before you today. I'm not asking you to listen to this preacher or to Joe Wright. I've got more flaws than you would care to do. I'll give you, if you want to come meet me after church, have a couple of hours, I'll share with you all my flaws. I'm not asking you to listen to the voice of this preacher. I'm asking you to listen to the voice of the Spirit in this place that's saying to you, get off that ship. And the difference between destruction and life is going to be, are you going to listen to that voice? Are you going to choose that voice, I mean, they don't even know anything about this ship. I mean, they're a way away. Why can't I stay? But his submission to the voice saved his life. Can you stand with me today? God's not asking today for somebody just to, to flip the switch magically. All of a sudden, you just turn into some kind of superhero Christian. That's not what God's asking you to do. Because in your mind, you're thinking, man, I, I, that's, I feel like I need to do something. But I, I can't do all that. No, 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 no. I, I got to do this. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You don't get good to come to God. To get God because you're not good. So... If you're sitting there today and you're starting to think in your mind, well, you know what? I need to change, but, but you don't know all the junk in my life, preacher. And if, when I'll I'll leave and, and I hear what you're saying and I, I hear what the Lord's saying, but I've got to go away and I've got to work some things out and I've got to do some things and I've got to get some things straight. And when I get all of it straight, then I'm coming right back and I'll be the first one and I'll be the first one to to lift my hands and say, God, help me. But you know what? You're going to stay on your ship. You're going to stay on your ship because you know what? You're never going to change on your own. If you're going to change on your own, you're already changed. But the fact of the matter is you need God. You need God because you realize God without you, I truly am nothing. Here's what it is though. I feel like there's a dam in this place. There's a dam in this place corporately, but there's a dam in individuals' lives today. And there is so much of what God wants to give that has fallen but has collected behind this dam. Because he said, if my people would humble themselves, how do you humble themselves? That means you doesn't mean you start walking around like this. It simply means the fact that you acknowledge, I need help. If they would humble themselves, seek my face, and turn, I'll hear their prayer. I won't ask anybody to raise their hand. This is a very serious moment. I wouldn't ask anyone to embarrass themselves. But does anybody here today have prayers that aren't being answered?
1: Is anybody here today that has
0: some unanswered prayers that you're desperate for God to answer? Let me give you the perfect way to answer them. Humble yourself. Seek his face. Turn from some things in your life. Then He will hear your prayer. I know some of you in here today, you've got some broken pieces of your life. There's some broken hearts in here. There's some broken lives. There's some broken marriages. There's some broken families. There's some broken situations. There's some broken finances. There is there's, there's brokenness everywhere in this place. If you want to find healing... Humble yourself, seek my face. Turn, then I will hear your prayer, and I will heal your land. I wonder if anybody here today that you're not committing to anything. I'm not asking you to commit to anything. I'm not asking you to to sign some kind of secret document between you and God. I'm I'm just asking you, is there anybody here today that's willing to acknowledge? Is there anybody here today that's willing to humble yourself and say, God, I need you to change me. Is there anybody here today that's willing to say, God, change me? God, I need to seek your face. There's some things in my life that I need to turn away from. Is there anybody here today that's willing to get out of your seat as a sign of becoming humble, you don't have to come lay down here, you don't have to kneel, just get out of your seat, that's good enough. Come down here as a sign and say, God, I humble myself before you today and acknowledge you today that I need you. I need you I need you I need you come on get off that ship get off that ship I know in your brain it doesn't sound like a good idea I know in your mind it doesn't seem like it's the right way or the perfect way it seems like leave me alone but I'm telling you today get off that ship get off that ship get off that ship Get off that ship. Oh, Spirit of God, fall right now. Spirit of God, fall as these hearts are open before you. As these hearts are open, come on. Some of you have been bringing God second best, third best, fourth best, fifth best. Why don't you give God your best? Stop giving God what's convenient. And start giving God something from your heart. Don't take the easy way out. Say, God, it's not much, but what I have, I give to you. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. God, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Open their eyes today. I speak restored vision. I speak restored vision in the name of Jesus. I speak restored vision in the name of Jesus. I say to these dry and dead bones, live again. Live again. You shall live. You shall live. You shall live again. You. Shall live again. you shall shall live again you shall live again i speak fresh fire i speak fresh vision in the name of jesus in the name of jesus by the power of the spirit by the authority of the word i say let it be 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 oh oh shatana bahia Come on, reach out, reach, out reach out and touch him. 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 yeah Change me. Change me. Change me. Change me, God. Change me. Change me. Don't leave me this way. Lord, make me oh in the name of jesus come on be used to the lord for a moment be used to the lord all over this place come on let the lord use you for a moment god's trying to do something here god's trying to do something be used to the lord be used to the lord Yes 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 Yes, yes. yes. yes.